Welcome to People's Church at Home Service. If you're joining us for the first time, a special welcome to you. My name is Shaka, and what an honor it is to be your host. I am hopeful that today's message will have a lasting impact on our lives. This morning, we will receive a message, a message from Pastor Mondly. He will just give us the ingredients and the steps that we need in order to grow spiritually. As a child of God, we should be aware that we do not just grow by accident. There are certain steps and ingredients that we need in order for us to grow spiritually. I can't wait to hear more from Pastor Mondi in regards to this matter. Before we get into the service, we will receive an offering message. And be sure to stick around and listen out for an exciting announcement later on. Enjoy the service and be blessed. Uh, good day, church. Um, we thank you that you have been faithful over this period, which has been quite difficult. It's a year now uh, of not having continuous in-person church, but that does not deter us as we can be able to reach out to each other, even though it's not in person. I would like to encourage you to continue to be faithful and just that we ensure that there are resources in the Lord's house. There are many things that happen for the good and we are not even aware what is happening. In Romans 8, verse 28 it says and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose so it is God that gives us uh, who gives us uh, opportunities you know those opportunities translate into work and the work will translate into rewards it could still happen that you do work and you don't get paid. So we must not take these things for granted because I believe that it is God that makes everything work, you know, for the good, for us, and for us to be able to use our resources uh, well and to assist others. May we respond uh, to God and obey God and such that when he blesses us with uh, resources, we apply them accordingly and appropriately. May we respond and ob obey God that his work may continue unhindered and making sure that there is no lack of resources. It's whether it's at, it's at church, at home, or at work. There are people with different needs. And we pick up these needs. Are we available to assist? It's not just restricted to the church environment. As we know it, everywhere we are, 
we need to have this generous spirit to be able to assist those that are in need. It could be our time, our talents, it could be money. It's about making these resources available and allocating them appropriately such that we assist in the work of God. The life on this earth in preparation for life in eternity. It's about our hearts, where our interests lie, where our treasures are. Uh, Jesus once said, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That being the greatest commandment. If we are loving the Lord, we will prioritize on God, such that when we get our salaries, our remuneration, that's the first thing that we do, is the first fruits that matter. May we constantly ask God to work in our hearts, such that we constantly put Him first. In Matthew 6, verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. We know it's not money. That's the problem. Is the love. No, for money, that is a problem. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you. You know us. You know everything about us. You know where our hearts, interests lie. We ask you, Lord, such that we always put you first and prioritize in your work and allocate our resources responsibly and always remember that you are the one that makes things work, you know, to the good and such that your work may flourish such that people may be assisted, such that your word may be known, such that we may obey you, such that your kingdom may flourish. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are excited to announce GNC 2021. This is the Good News Conference taking place from the 2nd of April to the 4th of April. And the theme is Built to Last. We're excited to inform you that we will have the conference in person. But be informed that seats are limited, so you will need to book your seats due to COVID-19 restrictions. Further information will be communicated as to how you can book your seats online. If you're unable to make it for our in-person gathering, we will have the service online also. So don't worry, you will not miss out. If you'd like to give specifically towards the Good News Conference, please do use our banking details. They will also appear on the screen. Just reference it GNC21 so that we know to allocate the funds accordingly. We can't wait to see you there.
If you have your Bibles with you, please turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read verses 7 to 8. And as you do that, let me just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to come under your word again today. We pray, Father, that you use your word to speak into our lives, to change us, to transform us, and to make us more like your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for all this in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. So, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, this is what it says. It says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And so, Paul and Timothy had a very close relationship, uh, mainly because, first of all, on the one hand, Timothy got converted into the faith through the preaching of Paul. That was during Paul's first missionary journey. And also because they were co-laborers, they were co-workers in the spreading of the gospel, the planting and strengthening of churches. So they had a very close relationship. And Paul, at this particular moment, he writes a letter to Timothy, who was now uh, in charge of a number of churches in Ephesus. So he writes a letter to encourage him. He writes a letter uh, to give him some instructions. And in chapter 4, verses 7 to 8, it says, uh, it tells him, uh, so Paul tells Timothy three categories of things. First category is the things that Timothy should have absolutely nothing to do with. Second category are the things that Timothy may get involved in. And the third category are the things that Timothy must be preoccupied with. And so I'll just take a moment to go through each of those categories. And first and foremost, as a believer, if you want to make the best use of your time while you are here on earth, if you want your life to be effective for, for the sake of God and his kingdom while you are here on earth, you and I need to understand that there are things that will benefit us in no way. There are things that will simply not benefit us in any way. And we are to have absolutely nothing to do with those things. Those are things such as gossip, slander, talking behind people's backs. Those are things such as godless or ungodly conversations, jokes, those kinds of jokes, you know, that are ungodly, that are not glorifying to God. Even conspiracy theories. These are things that will simply not benefit us in any way. And Paul is advising Timothy and us as well as believers to have absolutely nothing to do with those things. And it doesn't even matter how many people in your office... How many of your co-workers, of your uh, colleagues are getting involved in these things? It doesn't matter. Us as believers, because we want to make the best use of our time here on earth, we are to have absolutely nothing to do with those things. And the second category of things, these are things that Timothy may, if he chooses, he may get involved with these things. And the emphasis here is on the word may. He may get involved in these things, but it doesn't mean that he has to get involved in them. Just because he's allowed, he's permitted to get involved, doesn't mean he has to. Here we need a lot of wisdom to be able to discern those things that we personally need to get involved in and those things that we can pass. Because we cannot simply get involved in everything and still hope to be effective in the mission that God has given 
to us. And so things uh, in this uh, category, there's lots of things. There's lots of things that are okay. There's a lot of things that are fine that we can do. But just because we can doesn't mean we have to. And Paul just mentions one. He mentions uh, physical exercise. Physical exercise is good. There's nothing wrong in and out of the activity of, of, of physical exercise and taking care of our physical health. And so physical exercise is good, but physical exercise is not the best thing. It is a good thing, but it is not the best thing for a child of God. So we need to be careful to make sure you know, that good things do not get in the way of best things. In our lives. In other words, it would be a problem for Timothy to get so involved in physical exercise and let that get in the way of the most important things for him. So that is the balance that we must strike. That is the wisdom that we need to be able to discern uh, and to be able to put things in this category in their own proper place. They are not bad things, but they are also not the best of things. Third category of things are the things that Timothy needs to make sure that he preoccupies himself with these things. These are the most important, these are the best of things for him. He needs to fill up his schedule with these things. He needs to fill up every inch of free time with these kinds of things because they are the most important thing. Paul says to Timothy, rather train yourself for godliness. And in the New King James, um, it says, exercise yourself towards godliness. We are to exercise ourselves towards godliness. This is the best of thing. And Paul actually gives a reason. It is because uh, godliness has benefits both for this present life and also for the life that is to come. And so this is the best thing for Timothy to do because godliness, you know, will not only benefit you here on earth, uh, but it will also benefit you in the life that is to come. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered, said by yourself, just wondered by yourself, why some people seem to grow and mature and progress in their spiritual journey, while other people actually don't seem to mature, don't seem to progress. They seem stuck, and some people even backslide and go back and regress in their spiritual journey. I have wondered this. In fact, I once had a friend at university. We both kind of started on this Christian and spiritual journey around the same time, but pretty soon after that, it became clear to me that we did not share the same passion for spiritual things. It became clear to me, you know, that we were not as passionate. Uh, we, we did not ha have the same passion, you know, for spiritual things. And a few years after that, he wasn't really around the church circles that much. And the one question that really bothered me is why? Why didn't he stick around? Why didn't he progress? Why didn't he make, you know, as much progress in his growth and, and maturity in his spiritual walk? And I think that those who grow and mature spiritually in their work understand the three categories of things that Paul told Timothy about. They don't waste their time on things that will benefit them in no way. They don't waste their time on things that will not benefit them in terms of their spiritual growth and maturity. They also understand the difference between things that they may get involved with and those things that they should be preoccupied with. But most importantly though, 
I think the difference between those Christians that grow and mature spiritually and those Christians who remain stagnant and even backslide is that those Christians who grow, they exercise themselves toward godliness. The, the very advice that, that Paul gave to Timothy. And I'm not, I wouldn't call myself, you know, an expert in physical exercise by any stretch or by any means. But even I know that for a person to be able to reap the benefits of physical exercise, they have to commit to it for a certain period of time. In fact, you know, uh, these uh, people, they even tell us that it may even take a couple of months. It may take a few months before you actually begin to see measurable results from your physical exercise. And so when it comes, to exercising consistency trumps uh, intensity consistency is much better and beats intensity and so for you to be able to see measurable results what you need to do is to be consistent more than just putting a lot of intensity sporadically into your exercise you know a routine so spiritual exercising works the uh, the same way as well there are a number of disciplines there are a number of things you know that we need uh, to put into place in our lives that we need to commit to in our lives for a period of time before we can begin to reap the rewards of spiritual fitness it is the same thing and to borrow uh, mr mohudi's uh, metaphor that he used some weeks back these disciplines that i'm talking about are the ingredients for spiritual growth and maturity. You know, without these ingredients in a believer's life, it is impossible for them to grow spiritually and definitely to reach maturity. And technically, these ingredients are called spiritual disciplines. But I, I think you and I are free to call them, you know, uh, ingredients for spiritual growth if that kind of terminology helps us to understand. And in fact, that is the title of my message today, Ingredients for spiritual growth. And so at the end, I'll just leave you with uh, four um, of these ingredients. They are not the whole list of the spiritual uh, disciplines or ingredients for spiritual growth, but these are four that I, I felt I can just leave with us, especially for those that have not started on this journey. You can start with these four. And so first thing is that you will not find a list in the Bible that has the heading or the title, a list of all spiritual disciplines for believers. Such lists do not exist. And so these are disciplines that are all over the scriptures. Uh, different authors and writers in the scriptures uh, emphasized some of these uh, whenever they wrote. And so when you look and when you read that the scriptures, you can get these uh, the disciplines that we are encouraged to put into practice and to commit to in our our lives if we are going to see um, maturity in our lives. And so because there is no one list, one of the things that happens is that there is some disagreements about uh, what's the total number of these disciplines, what's the ranking of these disciplines. There is some disagreements in those kinds of things. But here's the one thing that is absolutely clear. It is this, that as a child of God, you and I will not grow and become mature by accident. 
You know, um, D.A. Carson says this. He says, people do not drift towards holiness and godliness. You do not become holy or godly accidentally. The same way that you don't uh, get into shape. You don't get fit and ripped by accident. You need to be intentional. You need to commit uh, to a set program for you to be able to reap those benefits. And so it is the same with spiritual fitness and spiritual maturity. You and I will have to be intentional to exercise ourselves towards godliness. We will have to have some disciplines in our lives that will help us grow and even mature spiritually. And spiritual disciplines are the exercises that we find in scripture that point us towards godliness and maturity. Dr. Don Whitney, he put it this way. He said, the spiritual disciplines are those practices found in scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are habits of devotion, habits of experiential Christianity that have been practiced by God's people since biblical times. And this is what I am convinced of. And I can even make a promise to you that if, if you have not started on this journey of spiritual disciplines, of putting these ingredients into practice in your life, that this is my promise, that if you apply these disciplines, if you apply and put into practice these ingredients in your life with the right attitude, of course, but if you apply them and you are com uh, consistent and you commit to them, that you will reap the rewards. You will see significant growth and maturity in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, it will not be overnight. Nothing good happens overnight. You know, it will take some time, but if you commit to these things, you will definitely see the results uh, of, your, of your hard work and your labor. So these are the things that I believe separate growing Christians from those who are stagnant in their work with the Lord. And so I mentioned that I'm going to leave you with four. The first two are part of uh, what is called private or personal spiritual disciplines. So these are disciplines you can do by yourself in your room. You do not need anyone else to be able to practice these disciplines. And then the second two, these are called the interpersonal uh, spiritual disciplines, which basically means you need other people for you to be able to, to uh, practice, to engage with these kinds of discipline. So I'll leave you with four. The first two are private or personal, and those are uh, Bible reading and private prayers. And then the last two, which are interpersonal, it is making disciples and serving others. But remember, before I go into them, remember the goal. The goal is to grow more and more like Jesus Christ. The goal is to become more like Jesus. And so doing these things will help you and I to get there. Doing them is not maturity in itself. The fact that you read your Bible, the fact that you pray, that is not necessarily a sign of maturity. But those are disciplines, those are exercises that are, that are there to help you and I to actually get to the goal of becoming like Jesus. And so the first one is, is Bible reading. And if you go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, this is where God speaks to Joshua. Joshua was to uh, succeed Moses in leading the nation of Israel. And so God speaks to Joshua, getting him ready. And this is what God says. He says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The Bible 
is our manual for living godly lives. If we want to make uh, our ways prosperous, if we want to make our mission here on earth a success, what we need to do is the same thing that God uh, told Joshua to do, is to meditate, is to, is to read uh, the, the, the Bible, is to have a discipline of engaging and reading the Bible every day of our lives. You know, uh, yeah, sometimes we get uh, uh, freaked out by the fact that we're supposed to read the Bible daily, but but, you know, what I would encourage you to do is to start small. If you haven't um, created this habit and discipline in your life, is to start small. Start with 10 minutes a day. Start, you can even start with five minutes. Start with one verse, a couple of verses. The most important thing is not the intensity. The important thing is the consistency. You know, someone said, put it this way. He said, if you read the Bible just for 10 minutes each and every day, that is better than reading it for two hours but only on weekends. Why? Because the most important thing is consistency because consistency is the one that builds a habit. It's the one that builds our muscles. It's the one that makes us to be strong and to be able to take things to the next level. In 2 Peter 3.18, Peter charges his, his, his audience and his listeners and the people that he was writing to. He says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. And so three, through reading the Bible, this is where we can grow in our knowledge of who the Lord is, who God is, how God is like, the things that God likes, the things that God does not like. It is when we read the Bible, it is when we are consistent in reading the Bible that we can grow in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the grace of God. And so think about this, that everything that God wanted us to know in terms of revealing himself to us, he put it in the Bible. Everything that God wanted us to know about himself is in the Bible. There is no other source that we can go to to actually know more about God than we can when we read the Bible. When we read the Bible, we get to know who God is. We get to know how he is like. We get to grow in our knowledge and even in our relationship with him. So we need to make sure that we put into, into practice the discipline in our lives of reading the Bible each and every day. The second um, private spiritual discipline is private prayers. This is when we are praying by ourselves. It's when we are praying in our closet. If you read Matthew chapter 6, Jesus uh, advises us, you know, Jesus commands us even to, when we pray, to go into our private closets, to close that door and to pray there. And when we pray there, he says, our heavenly father who sees what is done in secret will be able to see those prayers, will be able to hear those prayers and reward us publicly. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18, this is what it says. Very simple, but very um, challenging. It says, always be joyful. Be joyful always. It does not matter what is happening. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to to Christ Jesus. As believers, prayer is not if. It's not a matter of if, but when. It is not, you know, whenever, uh, if you would like to pray, this is what you need to do. No, it is when you pray, this is what you need to do. Prayer is supposed to be a lifestyle 
for us as believers. And we don't only pray when we are in trouble. We don't only pray when we need something from God or when we need God to bail us out of a sticky situation. We always pray. We are encouraged to pray always, to pray about everything in every situation, in every circumstance, to give, uh, to pray to God. And the reason for that is that Prayer is actually a way of communicating. It is a channel for us to communicate with our Heavenly Father. Think about this. If you have a relationship, if you are in a relationship with someone and, and that person only communicated with you whenever they needed something, you would be able to conclude there's something wrong with this, con with this relationship. This relationship is not healthy. It is not how it's supposed to be. It is the same thing with our relationship with God. It does not want to hear from you when you are in trouble. It does not want to only hear from you when you need something from him. Take a moment, a minute here, two minutes there throughout your day, communicating, conversing, you know, uh, keeping, uh, uh, keeping God in the loop in terms of what's happening in your life. Communicate and stay in touch with your heavenly father. That is the second one. And the third one, and these last two are part of the public. First one with the private. Second, the, la the third one is making disciples. So you need at least one other person for you to be able to engage in this one. That is why it's public or interpersonal. And so one of the things for me as a young and a growing believer, one of the things that intimidated me was this whole thing of evangelism, evangelizing. You know, even the word is intimidating. Why are we evangelizing? And one of the reasons that I was intimidated, it's because of the fear of not knowing how to answer people's questions. And, and maybe the fear of not knowing enough and fear of being embarrassed when people ask me questions I do not know the answers to. And if you are anything like I was, perhaps this is what is going to liberate you, the same way it liberated me. If you read Acts chapter 1, verse 8, verse 8, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus expects you and I to be witnesses, not experts. In other words, he wants us to share with others what we have seen him do and what we have heard him say. He does not expect us to know everything there is to be known about the universe, how many days it took or how long it took for the universe to be created before we can begin uh, sharing our testimonies, witnessing to those that are around us, which means you and I do not need to know everything in the Bible before we can begin witnessing to others. And it's absolutely okay for you to say, I actually don't know the answer to that question, but let me check and get back to you. That is absolutely okay. And I think people will actually respect you for being honest. And of course, what begins to happen as you engage with this particular spiritual discipline is that it does reveal to you just how little you know and just how much you still need to know. And what that does is that that pushes you to read the Bible more. It pushes you to pray for God's power, you know, to, to be uh, present whenever you are witnessing to other people, for the Holy Spirit to convict other people. So it actually pushes you to more Bible reading and to more and earnest prayers. And the third and the fourth one and the last one is serving others. And this is where we use our gifts and talents to make a difference to those that are around us. And if you read 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 to 11, this is where it says, Above all, 
Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as God, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory uh, and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Think about this. Each and every one of us has been given a gift, a talent, an ability, a resource by God. And the expectation is that God wants us to use whatever he has given us to serve those that are around us, to make their lives a little bit better, to touch and to change and to make a difference in their lives. Each and every gift is necessary. It doesn't matter how small it may look to you, but it is necessary. And God has given that gift to you, that ability to you, that resource to you, because he knew that the body needed to benefit from that gift and ability and resource. So get involved, serve, you know, use that gift to make a difference uh, to those that are around you. In fact, there's so many people that have said to me, and I think you will attest to this, that there's so many people that have said that they started to see, to notice uh, uh, signs of growth. They started to see growth uh, and maturity spiritually when they started serving in a church. They started serving, you know, even in their community. Once they started serving, they began to see growth and maturity. They began to apply everything that they were learning um, privately. And I think one of the reasons for this is that as we serve, we, we, we get accountable to a group of people. And it is that accountability and that expectation that actually forces us and pushes us to shape up and to begin to grow. So I would encourage you, serve, get involved, use your gift. And lastly, let me just give you this last encouragement to start small. If you haven't yet started, start small. Pace yourself. Start with one. Don't start with all four. But pace yourself. Build the necessary muscle so that you can uh, begin to see that momentum build up. And as that momentum builds up, as you continue to commit, then you can add the other spiritual disciplines. But start small. And in conclusion, I just want you to do two things for me. Each and every person, it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of spiritual maturity and growth, each and every person can take these steps, just two steps. Step number one, this is what I want you to do this week. This week, starting from today or tomorrow, I want you to decide which spiritual discipline you want to either incorporate in your life or to take to the next level in your life. Number one, identify or decide on that spiritual discipline. Number two, I want you to tell two or three of your closest friends about it and ask them to just check up on you every now and then to keep you accountable. Just those two things. This, that, that's the only thing that I would like you to do this week. And I believe as you do that, you're going to begin to build momentum. You're going to begin to see, you know, some, some uh, changes and, and growth in your spiritual maturity and in your spiritual fitness. And this is the desire of God, our Heavenly Father, is that we grow, is that we mature, is that we become more like the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these ingredients, these disciplines, these are the things that are going to help us to get there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for these disciplines that you saw that we needed. Thank you, Father God. And I pray, Lord, 
for each and every person who is listening, each and every person who is watching, that you help us to take our next step based on where we are in our journey towards spiritual maturity, to take our next step, to commit to our next step, and to give it our all, Father God, because the goal and our desire is to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ, is to grow more and more in every way, to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to grow, help us to commit, help us to put in the work in Jesus' mighty name, so that your name may be glorified now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for that life-giving message. We thank the Lord for his word and for the ingredients that he has given us to allow us to grow, not just physically, but spiritually. Please remember, we will be having in-person service for the Good News Conference. Be sure to book your seats, as seats are limited. Next week, we will also have in-person gathering for our normal Sundays. Be sure to book your seat for that also. We can't wait to see you. Enjoy the week. Stay safe. Be blessed.